Hi, guys. Welcome. Today we have Jessica Fisher with us from Good Cheap Eats, sharing all her wisdom for feeding her family on a budget. She has spent years perfecting her systems, and you guys are going to walk away with some amazing tips and tricks today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, especially if you are working on tightening up your budget after the holiday season and getting financially fit in the new year. Listen in. I'm so excited to share everything with you. Hello, beautiful mama, and welcome to the Nourishing Mama podcast. St. Catherine of Siena said, be who you were meant to be and you will set the world on fire. Mamas, our job is one of the most important jobs on earth, and also one of the hardest. We don't all start out as the moms we wanted to be, but what if we took this challenge as seriously as the world tells us to take our careers? What if we laid out a plan of preparation so we could show up ready to fight the good fight and become who we were meant to be, the very heart of our homes? If you want to take motherhood to the next level to prepare your mind, body, and soul for the enormous task at hand, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I want to teach you to nourish yourself so that you can nourish your family. Hey there, Mama. Are you feeling burned out after the holidays? I know you are not alone if you do feel that way. Moms do so much over the holidays. We're the ones who are making the lists, doing the wrapping, I know some dads do all this stuff too, but for the most part, it seems to be the moms and we are tired afterwards. So I have some amazing news for you. I'm starting a group this January. We're going to do a burnout reversal workshop and I want you to come there because I'm going to teach you a couple strategies to figure out your schedule, your routine, so that you can fit in all those things that help to fill you up and refresh you. We're going to talk about building a sustainable prayer life. We're going to talk about how to put nutritious food on the table in a way that actually works for a busy family. And we're going to talk about how to get in the rest and mental health breaks that you need so that you can really process the things that you have to process and show up the way you need to show up. Remember, our health is about purposeful living. It's about being present for our mission. And while it can feel like it is selfish, I know as moms, we're so good at this. We're so good at basically serving others until we're completely burned out. But that isn't going to help us in the long run to show up the way we want to show up and to be the moms we want to be for our kids. It's not going to help us to be energetic, calm, and present moms. So I want you to come to this workshop if you feel like you struggle with burnout and let's get your year off to an amazing start. The link is right down below. If you can't make it to the actual in-person workshop, that's okay. There's going to be replays sent out to everyone who signs up and I'm so excited to see you there. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to ask you how and why you got started with your methods for affordable eating. Well, um, I'm old (laughs) or older. I'm an older mom in the sense that um, I'm 50 and my oldest is 25. So a lot of my story goes back a little ways to earlier times in my parenting. But um, back in 2007, just a little bit before everyone else in the world got 
a wake up call with um, a downturn in the economy, we experienced our own. And so my husband had been unemployed for a little bit. He was self-employed, um, but we were, we ran out of work. Basically we ran out of work for a few weeks and I was looking at the finances and we just kind of had this big wake up call like, huh, we've been spending a little bit more than we make and it's catching up to us. And, um, we had five kids and lived in the Midwest. That's not where we're from. We're from California, but we had moved there for a time. And so we were far from family, had some debt, <laughs> had a little wake up call running out of work. And so it was like, okay, what should we do? And so we went bare bones, cut everything we could cut, sell, sold, whatever we could sell. Um, and just worked really hard over the next 18 months to pay off our consumer debt, which was 18000 And then a few years later, we paid off another 42000 in negative equity when we sold um, a rental property at a loss. That's so, amazing. Um, you know, it was hard to watch other people just let their mortgages go. And we're here where we're, you know, just throwing money at it to keep to be faithful to that, that mortgage that we had signed and um, just eventually sold it. And that was one of the best days of my life. Um, but in the process, just realized that um, there were a lot of financial line items that I couldn't control, mortgages and um, gas prices and things like that, but I could control what it, what went into my grocery cart. And so I did a lot of reading. I'd been listening to some different personal finance podcasts and, um, one particular person just kept saying rice and beans, rice and beans. And I'm like, I have five kids who are not going to eat <laughs> rice and beans every night. We have to be a little more creative. Um, but we did that first year eat a lot of rice and beans. Um, but over time, just develop some strategies that worked for us to be able to, um, you know, my grocery bill at the time, 2007, 2008 was $100 a week for seven of us, um, almost eight. I was pregnant near the end of that time period. So really got to bare bones. And so, you know, if a grocery clerk made a mistake for $2, that made a big difference. That was 2% of my, my, my weekly budget. So um, just really started to zoom in really closely. Um, how was I shopping? What was I buying? Um, how was I handling our leftovers? Things like that. So um, the system really developed out of necessity. Um, but it paid off. And since paying off our debts, we've been able to take our kids on extensive uh, trips slash vacations um, to Europe for a month at a time. We've done that a couple of times and um, we've bought, we've, we've replaced cars, paying cash, um, just learned how to manage our finances a little bit differently um, and for the better. And um a lot of that has to do with how I grocery shop too. One of the things I've been really impressed with with your recipes is that it seems like you really do manage to put variety and healthy food on your plates, even sticking with a budget. And I wanted to ask you with, you know, the rising food processes on everyone's mind or prices with on everyone's mind, 
Are there any special techniques that you have learned for feeding a large family healthy food affordably that you would like to share with us? Especially, I know you have teenagers. <laughs> yeah. They um, can eat so we, much. We have five kids at home um, still, and they're aged 14 to 21. And a lot of them are really focused on um, eating lots of protein, the they're, they're into working out and, and just living, um, you know, having some good healthy habits. And so one, one thing that helps me keep us in proteins um, is to watch the sales and clearance. And so that's something that I do on a regular basis. Ralph's, which is a Kroger affiliate, um, they have the best nationwide from what I've heard from other people um, in terms of offering really great prices on clearance items. Um, that are still totally safe to eat, totally within their day, very good fresh food. They just want to move it faster. Um, Aldi does it to a small extent. Um, I don't really shop outside. Those are like my two main stores that I shop at, but I'm able to buy most of our meats. Um, if I buy any commercial baked goods, um, though, and, and a lot of the dairy I can find for half the list price on a normal basis by, um, by shopping that way. But I think, you know, one of the keys with feeding a big family is understanding what your kids' limits are. Um, and we've had, you know, we've had a wide range of, um, gourmet palates versus picky eaters and, I didn't believe the pediatrician when she said, oh, they'll outgrow it because they actually did. Um, and so my picky eaters are no longer picky, but at the time um, that was really difficult and challenging. And so if you're spending, you know, precious grocery dollars trying to feed them wholesome food that they will um, refuse to eat, <laughs> then you've wasted a lot of money. So I think it's just being very mindful of what are their favorites and, and focusing on those things um, that overlap between their favorites and what you're, what kind of eating habits you're trying to instill in them. Um, Could you give so, like an example of that just so that we can understand a little more? Um, so, well, do you, do, you, do you have any picky eaters? I have one who is extremely picky. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it with kids is getting their buy-in. So whether that's including them in the meal prep, um, allowing them to even help plan the meals, right? Um, giving them some ideas of, okay, what, how, how would we fill half of our plate with vegetables? What kind of vegetables should we get, right? And, and taking them through the grocery store and letting them choose. And it was really fascinating a few years, you know, it was a while ago, but um, to, we did a sugar fast a couple different times and the kids, the younger ones were really wanting some dessert. And I just took them to Sprouts one night. And I said, you can pick whatever fruit you want. And I didn't care about the price. I just let them explore and do that. And so I think ownership is a really big deal for kids. They get told what to do all day long. And so that can be really challenging. So when they get some, some autonomy and some freedom of choice, that can um, be very empowering for them. And you can work that into kind of finessing 
their eating habits. Um, I regularly revisit and kind of quiz them, you know, do you like this? Do you like that? Um, in one of my workshops called the Mom's Kitchen Survival Workshop, there's some some checklists <laughs> to kind of ask your family, do you like this? Do you like that? And it's been fascinating to see how my kids' tastes and preferences have changed over the years. Um, and just like us, we we might, you know, you might go on like a rice bowl kick for a while and then you're bored of it. So we adults do the same thing. So so it's not fair to to be frustrated, but but to communicate and make sure we're in tune with what our kids want to eat and then kind of explaining, you know, walking them through the process. Well, this is how much, you know, these are some items, you know, going to the grocery store or just showing them what's in the pantry. These are some really affordable items that, that help us save money so we can do insert the thing that they want to do really badly that costs money. Um, so, so what do you think we should plan for our meals so that we can do that? that thing um those are great tips (laughs) another strategy is um to have meal plan theme nights where uh weekly theme nights so for instance we typically have some kind of pasta dish on mondays we have tacos on tuesday we have pizza on fridays um this has evolved and changed over the years um though pizza has kind of stuck for a long time um but the picky eater knows what to expect they're not wondering, what do we have on Friday? You know, am I going to get some weird surprise that mom conjured up? Or is this going to be something that I am familiar with? Or that I I know that I don't like that thing, but at least I know it's coming so I can deal with it. Whereas That is such a good point. Anxiety <laughs> is such a, an right, undertone to right. the So if they know... Tuesdays is tacos and I'm just going to grin and bear it, right? They, they can prepare and, and deal with it. But if every night is a surprise, um, that's really, that's really rough on some kids, especially if they're feeling anxious about having to try something new or getting hassled at the dinner table, that kind of thing. If they know that there are some things that they can count on. Um, and likewise, just for a regular night, I would, maybe of two or three different vegetable options. Um, so they could try something new, but then there was going to be that safe bet, you know? So we've gone through lots and lots of bagged bags of frozen green beans because <laughs> that's my safe bet. I know everybody likes that, but then I can do some asparagus or I can do something a little bit out of the ordinary and they can try it. But I also know they're going to be able to get their veggies that they like. Right. And so you can kind of comfort that anxiety level that way, too. Love that. Now, I wanted to ask you to it seems to me there is this myth out there that eating healthy has to be expensive. And I see your recipes on your blog are usually so healthy, made out of good ingredients. What would you say to someone who believed that eating healthy had to be a very costly thing to do? Well, I would, I would ask them to define what they mean by healthy, because I think that's really a relative term. But if we're talking about, um, you know, processed versus homemade right there, you've eliminated a lot of questionable ingredients and things that people might debate about. Um, 
just or even reducing or focusing on the processed foods that you really, really love, but or your kids really, really love, but then trying to make other things homemade. So one example, um, when my kids were really little was they liked the instant oatmeal packets. And I wanted to avoid the high cost. And even with coupons, they're still kind of pricey and they've got lots of stuff added to them. And I just learned you can find the recipe on goodcheapeats.com to make your own instant oatmeal packets. And in the beginning, um, in the beginning, you know, I had to do a little adding heart-shaped sprinkles at Valentine's Day kind of thing to make it look a little more exciting. Um, but now all of my kids will eat they on purpose <laughs> rolled oats either um and they you typically just make it themselves as an instant type meal because you can do the same thing you don't have to buy um the instant oats you don't have to buy the quick oats you can use the whole grain rolled oats with really hot water it just needs to sit for a little bit longer but that softens just fine and um you know that's an easy cheat and so early on I involved my kids we would assembly line make you know 50 packets and um in in little snack bags and then they would be able to have the freedom to make their own breakfasts and it was similar to something I used to buy at the grocery store but I had made um our own homemade version so there's lots of ways to take what your family naturally enjoys and tweak it and and make it a whole food. I love that idea, especially you're so right. Kids, when they can make their own food and be involved in that and have that sense yeah. of independence, they really, they eat better. They enjoy it more. That's absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah, because oh. I think most of us, we don't want... I mean, yes, us moms on the end of a tired day, we don't care who made the food or what it is, we'll eat it. But but generally speaking, we want a lot of choice. We don't want someone ordering at a restaurant for us. We want to choose what that is. So right. um, it's so respectful of their... Yeah, exactly. So for someone who's getting started on building a functional pantry, what would you say is the first investment they should make? Like, where did you get the best bang for your buck? I would say it's really going to take shopping your kitchen. And that's the number one step of the Good Cheap Eats system. And, and what I mean by that um, is because you're saying, what do I buy? <laughs> right. But, but to know what you like. Um, and so that's something that we do every January on Good Cheap Eats. We do a pantry challenge. And so we spend some time really looking at what are, what's, what's there, what um, needs to be used up and focusing on using what you have um, because that informs your shopping and it informs your, helps you understand what your kids eating habits are. And so there have been years where the pasta was the first thing to go, <laughs> right? But in more recent years, as my kids have focused more on vegetables and proteins, um, the pasta just lingers. <laughs> so I don't, I know I don't need to buy as much of that. So, so when you're building your pantry, you really need to have a good understanding of what your family enjoys and what they eat. So I, uh, 
I think too often people waste a lot of time, money, and energy when they say, okay, we're going to fill our pantry with all these good, wholesome foods. And, and then six months to a year later, they're chucking things because they had really good intentions, but it didn't get eaten. Um, and I think that it tends to be a, a trend for a lot of people when it comes to their you know, veggie drawer. They, they bought all the fresh veggies when they're at the grocery store because they had all these good intentions and then it, it didn't really pan out. So whether that's, you know, taking a picture for a few weeks of the dinners you're making or really spending some time to interview your family members about what they enjoy, um, to not go stock up on a lot of things if you're not sure that that's what your family will eat. So tell me a little more about the pantry challenge that you do, because is this you're trying to like use up everything in your pantry or how does that work? So um, back in 2007, when, when we got our wake up call, I did it out of necessity. It was like, okay, let's just use everything we have. Um, you know, and, and I would get fresh milk and I might get some fresh veggies, but we just focused on using up everything that was in the house. And it was really eye opening because I was able to go like three or four weeks without a substantial grocery trip. <laughs> and so for quite a number of years, I did it twice a year, both in January and July. I found that where we're at in life now, once a year is sufficient. Um, but to really just focus on using the things that we have, because a lot of, I don't know about everybody else, but <laughs> I tend to sometimes buy a little bit more than we need, especially with a big family, because I'm not sure, are we going to have company? Are we going to have friends over? What are we going to need? Um, so there might be a little excess every time. Um, I might stock up on a really great sale that was, you know, just killer deals. And so that made sense to buy it at the time, but I want to keep our pantry fresh. I want to rotate what we have in there. So every January, we focus on using what we have. Typically, I reduce my grocery budget by at least half. Um, some years, I think we've gotten as low, some recent years, um, we've gotten as low as three or $400 a month to feed eight people um, because we've been using what we already had. Um, That's really impressive. Yeah. So it, and, and I have lots of people who join me. Um, and so everybody kind of reports back every day at, at the end of the day on the blog um, to, to share what they did, what was a success, what are they struggling to use up? And when you force yourself to use the things that you have, you just learn, I am never buying this thing again, <laughs> right? Or um, one year I had bought, I had found canned organic pumpkin for 25 cents a can, which was an amazing deal. Even, you know, five or six years ago, that was a great deal. Um, but I think I bought like two or three cases <laughs> and, and those lasted me quite a while. So it, it, you know, it's like, okay, just learning what your limits are learning. Right. Okay, That's a I lot of need, pumpkin. <laughs> I don't need to buy this much pumpkin next time. So um, it's just been a really good practice and it, and it really keeps me sharp in terms of being creative in the kitchen. Some of our favorite recipes I've developed during a pantry challenge because we had, you know, 
just a few random things. It's like a real life game of chopped. Um, if you've ever seen the Food Network television show, um, and you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. So you just, you just figure out, um, okay, I need this, but I don't have that. What can we do instead? And you'll be just pleasantly surprised all the pantry staples that you thought you couldn't live without. You can actually recreate yourself. Um, and so it's just a good time to be creative, um, and, just play in the kitchen a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like it would really stretch you. And I really loved what you were saying earlier about how focusing, instead of focusing on what you um, would invest in, this pantry challenge does sound like it would reveal where your food waste is, which has to be so huge um, in your budget. And that's that's such an insightful uh, point. Um, so we have just a, a couple minutes left. I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners about your offerings. And um, I think you, you have a club too, right? Yes. I have an online membership called the Good She Beats Club. And we provide a rotating resource library with done-for-you meal plans and um, money-saving worksheet, worksheets, um, different activities to help you kind of work on different areas of saving money in the kitchen. We have monthly live events as well as a private Discord server where people can ask in real questions, real time, get answers, um, encourage each other, that kind of thing. Um, and I offer a suite of meal plans and money saving ebooks and occasionally offer live stream classes where we talk about, you know, how to save money working through the Good She Beat system and learning the different steps and putting a plan in action so that you have some really good systems to work from. That all sounds so amazingly helpful for busy moms who are just trying to get dinner on the table. It's, uh, I think most moms I talk to, they say that's one of the most stressful parts of parenting is having uh, a plan for dinner. And it sounds like your products just make it a lot easier. Thanks. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really informative and uh, we're so grateful for you being here. Thanks, Kelsey. Hey there, Mama. If you found this podcast helpful today, would you do me a favor and drop a review below? Reviews are how podcasts show up in search rankings and can help other moms like you to find us. Also, if you're wanting more actionable tips and day-to-day strategies, head over to my Instagram account at Nourishing Mama Podcast. Please feel free to message me there with any questions as well, and I'll try to answer them for you. Have a great week.